It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Wednesday. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you. On Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. There's a recap of uh, Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday's practice. Right now at LockedOnBengals.com. The Bengals are off today. And uh, by the way, if you're uh, listening to this and it's around 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, it's uh, right now it's around 147. But around 6 p.m. Eastern time, I have a giveaway today. Uh, so make sure you check it out on Twitter at James Rapine at LockedOnBengals. And let's, uh, let's welcome in our guy, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. He's on Twitter at Joe Goodberry, and he is on with us now, Joe I appreciate the time, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. What do you got to give away? You're giving away Madden? Yeah. seems to have free That's it. Madden codes. That's man. it. That, that means you've got status. I, two, I couldn't get any giveaway. Two, two to give away. PS1, PS4, one, one Xbox. How did you know? Because everyone's giving them away. <laughs> well, that's why. And then so I put it out there on Twitter yesterday. How do I get some codes? You know, what kind of prestige do you have to be to get some Madden codes? Because I was going to keep one for myself and give a few out. But uh, And then I, about an hour later, someone messaged me and gave me a code. Oh, what? A free code for you. All it takes. That's it for me. What? Hook me up with one. I'm giving mine away. I'm not keeping it. You you just admitted to keeping the code. Oh, my goodness. That it wasn't was for giving away. They said, hey, I can hook you up. Here, you want a code? Yes, I want a code. Now, if you would like to give me three more, I'll give them all out. But the first one's mine. Why wouldn't it be? You're not keeping a code? I'm no. sure everyone here giving away codes is keeping one code, James. You're missing out. No, you're not supposed to keep the. Co- you need to message whoever and say, "Hey, hook my James, my my guy James up with a code." Then these were to give away, not to keep. Oh my lord, you are. Oh, this is ridiculous. I don't even know if we can do this this conversation now. Keeping no, codes. Listen, if they if they didn't ask what system do you play, then it, you know they said, "What do you play?" I said, "Xbox." They said, "Okay, here's your code." You, you so need. That's how you know. Did you already redeem it? Use. Yeah, I did. Okay, all right. You need to message back and say no. I meant PS4 because I play uh, PS4. Th- th- this oh, is how we get it. Get this is how we get it done. This is how we get it done because uh, okay. yeah, I'm giving them away. You're you're keeping it. Oh man, it was a personal use. I don't know. I feel I feel dirty. See, but then if I give a couple away, should I feel comfortable being like, hey, can I get one for myself? Yeah, I think you should. Huh? Look at you. They're giving them away. Yeah, this I is guess. crazy. There is a lot of uh, men codes being spread out there. There is a lot. There is a lot. And let's uh, let's dive in. So we met yet last week uh, in person for the first time ever. Both videos that we did recapping practice up at LockedOnBengals.com. And, and you were at camp and you got to observe this team. What were some major takeaways you, you had from this team outside of uh, the fact that the whole team probably got a Madden code before you? <laughs> they do, right? I think they do get those. Um Overall, I think uh, it was more, it was pretty much what you expected. The, the defensive line looks deep. It looks like probably the strength of the team. Um, pass rushing wise, especially, I even think for the first time they really got some stout run defenders in the middle. I, I thought Billings flashed consistently. I was happy to see 
yesterday Marvin Lewis uh, said he felt the same way that Andrew Billings really has come along this camp. Uh, and if that's the case, I think that's a huge boost inside for them. He flashed a bunch. And you know who else did was Ryan Glasgow. He beat uh, Alex Redman almost every time they were matched up, which isn't, you know, great because you'd like to see Redman win a couple of those. But at the same time, it segues to the offensive line. And I think the same issues are there that we kind of hope wouldn't be at right tackle and right guard. And after the first depth chart release with um, – Hopkins and Hart at, on the right side, you really don't feel great about the, that side still. And it looked like that in camp. I, I thought the receivers looked like the strength of the offense. And I was there the day before LaFell was cut and then the day after. And, um, you know, those guys are making contested catches. They're going up to the ball. They're practicing that every day, which I thought was great uh, because that was something I really thought needed to be done the last few years. Uh, a lot of guys weren't coming up or, or really contesting high passes, A.J. Green included. Um, the tight end position looks good. Uh, linebackers are deep, even though Perfect wasn't out there. I think just adding Perfect obviously is going to help that. Uh, so I think the team is good in the good areas we expected and bad in the areas where we expect them to be bad, especially backup quarterback. Yeah, I thought Driscoll and Barkley looked like they could both be cut at times. Um, and you just look at it and go, yeah, behind Dalton. And I thought Dalton looked sharp for the most part, uh, but just behind them is a wasteland of – no hope at all. I think if you got to dip into those backups, uh, it's probably a lost game or season <laughs> if, it, if it goes that long. So, I, you know, I think everything that's been reported has been pretty fairly accurate on what, on what everyone's seeing at camp. You know, I don't think there's any surprises for the most part outside of Tyler Boyd really, to me, looks better than he ever has. Uh, that last year at Pitt, a lot of people liked him. He was a slot guy. Uh, he could do some some stuff after the catch. He caught almost every contested pass at Pitt. He was a really crisp and accurate route runner. I thought the first two years he wasn't any of those things. Uh, he really struggled with his route running. At times he, he, you could see, like, okay, he is a very nuanced and, and accurate route runner. And then there's other times he just kind of gained separation because of physical limitations of speed and agility and things like that. And then he didn't come down with a lot of these contested balls. And, and Dalton really didn't trust him to throw him contested situations. But I think what we've seen in camp so far says that Dalton trusts him. Um, Boyd is coming down with them and going up and getting them. And his routes are really good from the slot. So he looks like the best version of himself when he was in college. And if that's the case, that's worth a second-round pick. And that's worth a guy that can you can probably feed 80 targets to or maybe even LaFell's targets, 100 targets to. And if that's the case, he's the second-leading receiver on the team. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is with us. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. And that's where he's listed and depth charts came out this week. Is there anything surprising? And obviously, it's just the first depth chart. It's not a huge deal. But was there anything surprising that stood out to you? Yeah, that they don't list just the nickel defense and, and three wide receiver offense. I mean, it's 2018. Um, the Bengals aren't going to do anything extra like that. Some teams actually do list three wide receivers and, and, and one tight end, one running back. Um, some list two tight ends, two receivers. I think defensively, when you look at the depth chart, you see Carl Lawson as like the third screen defensive end. Yep. <laughs> that's not the case. That's not going to happen. That's not, you know, you shouldn't even look at it, to be honest with you. That really, I came out, I put my own on Twitter just saying, like, this is what I saw in camp. This is what to be expected. It's really lost in the end. Michael Johnson inside, Geno Atkins inside, Carlos Dunlap at left end. And then linebackers, from what we saw in camp, Nick Vigil was out there in the nickel package with, with Preston Brown and with Evans rotating, depending on whether or not they had, like, a big nickel or a uh, more of a pass cover nickel. But I think Perfect will eventually slot into that spot, and it'll be vigil and perfect. Um, and then corners are what you expect with Denard in the slot, and safety is what you expect. So really, it's 
that's the starters. Those are the guys that are going to play 60% of the snaps. And, and Lawson's going to still get 550 rush snaps this year. And he's still, even in that, he looked amazing in camp. I think he's got a 12-sack season coming, if not more. Um, so he's going to be on the field. I, I want to be worried about it. And then on the offense, with Boyd listed as the number two receiver, he really wasn't taking number two reps. Uh, even the day after LaFell was cut, it was John Ross as the other outside receiver, um, A.J. Green. But your number two receiver can be your slot guy. And a lot of offenses, the number one receiver is the slot guy. So Boyd is the slot receiver. They're going to be out there in three wide receiver sets more than any other personnel package. Um, and really, that's how it should be listed. And for me, that's their best offense. That's how you get the most talent out on the field. So really, the depth chart is just there to fear your starters for week one of preseason. But I think a few positions are still up in the air. Yeah, I, I think a few positions are up in the air. And then looking ahead till tomorrow, obviously, it's it's Bengals and Bears at Paul Brown Stadium. And it's, to me, the things I'm going to be paying attention to most, obviously the offensive line. Uh, I know a lot of people will be paying attention to the play calling. How much do you think, though, we'll actually see? Because if I'm Bill Lazor, I'm not rolling out a bunch of stuff that, that's new or different that, than the norm uh, the first week of the preseason. Yeah, it's first week is usually the driest week in terms of uh, you know different things on defense and offense. I think the most describing thing we may see is maybe like a reverse or a pitch to John Ross just to get the ball in his hands. Um, I don't expect to see anything crazy. I, I expect them to come out and try and just have one good drive if possible, and then the starters come out. Um, and that includes you know Mixon and Geo. I don't think like I think like one drive and then mixing in and then get them out of there, get the receivers out of there, get Green out of there. Um, the O line may play a little bit more than that, and I think that's for me on offense. That's what I want to see, and then I want to see like Mark Walton get in, you know, and then get some snaps. And I think he might get a good chunk of those of those plays. Uh, evaluate the backup quarterbacks, but really the O line and, and watch that right right guard, right tackle, and even center. I want to see Billy Price with clean snaps, and I want to see how he performs. And um, you know, that's really what I'm looking for on the offensive side. You know, the play calling or the outcome of the plays or even the outcome of the game really isn't that important. This is preseason is for player evaluation, and that's why I like it so much. Yeah, one guy that uh, has made and flashed on the offense this preseason is Auden Tate, and is certainly a guy I think could push for, for roster time. When when you were here, or, or to make the, the 53-man roster, when you were here, was he healthy or was he out? Did you miss him? The, the first practice, he was there for the most part, and then um, – you know, when they went off on one-on-one, it seemed like he must have fell and hit his head or something along those lines because he was out when they came in for team girls. Uh, he did, I did get to see him go through contested uh, situations in, in terms of uh, um, receiver drills and then back in the end zone stuff where he went up and caught a one-handed pass. And you could just see how strong his hands were. Um, one other guy struggled in the contested situations, running through the bags and making a catch and making a catch between, uh, between bags in traffic. His hands are super strong, and he's just a big guy. Him and Josh Malone, I'm really interested interested to see Malone. Um, by the way, he looked in the first week, and he wasn't healthy when I was there, but everyone said, yeah, he looked great. He looked agile. He looked quicker than he, than he did last year. And then I think Alex Erickson had a great camp. Um, those are your three receivers, more than likely, uh, once the backups are in. With Cody Core, who's been up and down, but Cody Core, that's pretty much who he's been. I think that's a good, strong group that could really carry this um, – this preseason, if you're in preseason, preseason fantasy, I like Alex Erickson. Um, I know a lot of people play that, but uh, I think he's their slot guy in for the backups. You know, once once Boyd's off, it's going to be Erickson in there, and he looked really good in camp. Yeah, Erickson's looked good to me. I think that uh, Tate, you're right. He's just gone up and gotten the ball. Do you think there's room for him? 
Like, like looking at at fifty three, do you think there's a chance there's a there's a path where he beats out Cody Core? I know the Bengals value Core on special teams, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, I think the four are probably locked, and and that's Green, Ross, Boyd, and I want to say it's Malone as the fourth. Okay. Um, and then right from there you go, okay, do they keep six or seven? And they've kept seven before they did last year, and that's because Ross was pretty much up in the air, and they kind of had to keep an extra receiver, him being that, and not knowing when he's going to play or when he's going to be healthy, so they kept the seventh guy. Um, but then, then you say Alex Erickson, probably still the return guy. That's something to, to monitor in, in preseason. If Erickson um, is good at returns, can someone else – Two into that spot is it Darius Phillips? Is it or, or uh, Quentin Flowers? Uh, you know, can somebody else say I can be the return guy? You don't need Erickson, but I think Erickson's been so good on offense and and, and as a backup slot guy, is the really only true backup slot guy to Boyd. Now that LaFell's gone, I think Erickson is a lock for that fifth spot. So then you look and you say, okay, the sixth receiver has to play special teams. If you're going to have active five and six guys, he has to play special teams. I don't just don't mean returning for Erickson, and Erickson has done some punt coverage. But that's where Cody Core comes in, and Core has been on kickoffs. He's been on kick returns. He's been on punt teams as a gunner. Um, he has a role for that, and, and so Auden Tate has to beat him not only on the offensive side, which I think he can do. I think he can, he can give you what Core gave you, which was no catches last year. But Core has the speed downfield, and they're a little different in that. But red zone wise, possession catch wise, I think Auden Tate offers enough to be an upgrade on the offensive side of the ball to Core. What Tate has to show is that he can replace core on special teams. And when I was there at camp, I thought it was interesting because I'm looking at who's on the special teams unit. And when I was there, they did punch, kicks, field goals, um, kickoffs. And they expected guys were out there on special teams, and core was one of them on punts um, and, and kickoffs. But I was watching, okay, where's Auden Tate? And because you can really get an idea of who the 45 active guys are uh, or, or 46, count the third quarterback now. But, um, so you see, okay, who can make the, who's probably in line to make the roster based on special teams? And Tate was a backup to that unit on, on kick returns and kickoffs. And I thought, okay, so we'll probably see him in preseason at some point playing that position on, on special teams. He's got to make his mark. Um, and that's the difference if they're going to keep six or seven receivers. If they keep six, that sixth guy is probably inactive. And if that's core versus Tate, I'd rather have Tate be the inactive guy, develop him as a receiver. If you're going to keep seven, um, you probably just keep both of them. But I think the, the, the part is, if you're going to activate all six, then it's probably Cody Core to help on special teams. So it's really going to come down to maybe not just their individual battles between each other, but who makes it as the last guy as a linebacker or as a corner and a safety. Because if those guys offer more special teams help, they're on the active game day um, list, and it allows you to keep, um, Auden Tate, who doesn't have to have an impact on special teams. If one of those last guys can't help you, then you keep core because that's, that's, you have to make your active roster before you make your 53. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Up next, we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball, what Joe's seen, what he will be looking for in tomorrow's matchup with the Bears. That's next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, you mentioned it when you were you were at camp. You mentioned it earlier in this podcast that, that the defensive line is a position of strength that might be their deepest position. And a guy that I've noticed the past couple of days stand out is Sam Hubbard. And it, he continues to excel. I, I remember when he got drafted, I thought, man, he's, he's going to be pretty pro-ready. I think he could contribute right away. And I thought it was funny that Michael Johnson, kind of ironic, Michael Johnson had to be the one to announce the Sam Hubbard pick because I thought Hubbard could be his replacement. That being said, I think Johnson could still make this team, but Sam Hubbard, he's a guy I will be looking at tomorrow and I think can contribute this year. Yeah, and when I was there, it started with I wanted to see Jordan Willis, and I wanted to see where is he playing. Is he playing with the starters at right end in, in the base 4-3 defense? Because um, in my mind, I, I would have Willis as a right end with the 4-3 unit. And then I'd bring in Carl Lawson to fast rush with your nickel. And I thought that'd be the way to handle the right end position and really save Michael Johnson for that nickel defensive line, defensive interior spot so he can fast rush. Um, so I started on watching Willis. And to be honest, he was forgettable on a lot of his snaps out there. I and mean, he really didn't stand out. But I looked to the other side. Well, who's playing second team defensive end with him? And it's, it's Sam Hubbard. And Hubbard flashed consistently. I mean, he beat the starters when he was up against the starters. He had a pressure against Cordy Glenn. Um, he beat Bobby Hart a couple times. He beat Cedric Oboehe. I There was a lot of times I'm like, there's Hubbard again. There's Hubbard again. And he kept making pressure. They used him on loops and stunts to get, come back inside, which they did a lot at Ohio State. I think is perfect for Hubbard. Um, I, yeah, I think he can help him contribute. I, I really like the pick. He was my second favorite pick. Um, when I graded all the prospects, I, I thought he was the second best prospect they drafted, even though they got him to the third. I liked him a little more in the States. Um, so I, I think for me, and when I watched him, I'm like, well, he should be able to guy, he should be the guy that kicks inside and nickel and maybe backs up Michael Johnson, but they really weren't doing it. And in in, when I was there, they didn't have another guy that was getting reps inside until after I left. And this week I see um, people posting, I think it was John Sheeran from Cincy Jungle posted that Hubbard was the guy getting inside reps now with the backups. And when Michael Johnson went out, he was he was taking reps next to Ekins and, and uh, Dunlap inside. And to me, I'm like, perfect. That's what he should do. That's where he can probably help this year. And um, that might be another great defensive line pick there on day two. And they've just been nailing it lately. And if that's the case, man, it just it bolsters that defensive line even more. Speaking of nailing it, uh, obviously Andrew Billings was a guy when he got drafted in the fourth round. People thought they nailed it. People thought they got a steal. He came out of Baylor, injured his knee, came back last year, wasn't really the same player or what they expected. I know you noticed this. That continued this week as well at camp. Billings has played well, and he's a guy I'll certainly have my eye on tomorrow night. Billings is a guy, a lot of draft prospects, a lot of draft analysts, um, had first-round grades on, if not fringe first-rounders, and thought maybe like high second-round pick, and it was a knee issue, and a lot of teams flagged him, and he ended up dropping, and the Bengals took him. And we obviously saw, you know, he did have a knee issue, and the Bengals put him on IR. I think it was microfracture surgery um, for the knee, which is one of the worst ones you can have in today's NFL with modern medicine. Um, so last year, he definitely wasn't 100%. Um, I think towards the end of the year, he was getting there, but he still had a lot of mental mistakes and errors. And I think uh, he even admitted that in those times they didn't play him, and they were playing Ryan Glasgow and Pat Sims. And um, 
coming into this year, he was one of the guys that potentially could break out just based on his high end flashes. His high end stuff was exactly what you saw at Baylor's superior strength. I mean, stupid strength or, or and it was a size that only six foot and three twenty. Um, it's crazy leverage that he can gain with that. And he's explosive upfield. You know, he's very linear. He doesn't have that side to side agility. He really doesn't have that, that wide base and balance, but you know, as a penetrating nose tackle, those guys are rare to find. And if he could continue to play with better uh, vision, eyes, hand usage, and technique, uh, he could be really, really good. And then when I'm there, he, he flashed a bunch. And he was penetrating. He was getting in the backfield. He was pushing Billy Price back a bunch of times. Um, if that's the case, they're upgrading that interior defensive line spot in a way that here's a young guy with a lot of athletic upside. Um, it's more than what they've had at nose tackle in a long time. And, and if, and if he really can contribute the way he, he looks like he is right now, uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited because I think he could be a breakout player. And again, we're talking about how deep the D line is that, yeah, he's standing out against, uh, amongst guys that really the unit is so talented and so strong. Joe Goodberry of the athletic is with us, Joe. Um, let's continue with the defense. Let's look at the linebackers. I think that for the first time in quite some time, you have a, a nice mix of, uh, established veteran like like Preston ba- Brown, who's still in his prime. Obviously, Vontez perfect. We know what he can do. But then you have a good mix of, of young, athletic linebackers, from Nick Vigil, who's now in year three, which it's flown by. Malik Jefferson's a rookie. To Jordan Evans heading into year two. They have a nice balance there. I didn't mention Vinny Ray, but obviously he's the leader in that room. Uh, what What do you make of the Bengals linebackers? How do you feel about them going into preseason game number one? I think it's the most talented linebacking that they've had in a long, long time. I think, you know, I'm thinking under Marvin Lewis era, it, it probably can compete with any of them. And that doesn't mean that it's high end um, talent because I think perfect is, could be their all pro guy and is their guy, but he's going to miss the first four games again. And um, when you look at it without him, if it's Jordan Evans, Vigil and Preston Brown, it's not very good, and it's not very exciting. Uh, none of those guys have really had sustained success at a high-end level. I mean, Preston Brown, people people are probably screaming right now, he led the league in tackles. Yes, he did, but, um, you know, he's just okay. He's just solid in there. And then they could use solid because think of last year with all the injuries they had at linebacker, they could have used some solid last year. Uh, but athletic-wise, speed-wise, vigil, Evans offer that. I thought Evans stood out a lot in camping, especially in pass protection or uh, pass coverage. He, he knocked down a couple balls. Uh, but there was also times I, I saw Darren Simmons yelling at him on, on the punt team uh, to get in his right lane and, and, and get in the right spot. And, you know, that, that made me wonder, uh, you know, how, he, how much he's going to play special teams, even though I think as a backup linebacker, you have to play that, and you have to play it a lot and play it well. Um, but to stay on track, Malik Jefferson, you're really not seeing him out there too much. He looks like he's processing everything. He's a little slowed down. He definitely doesn't look like the athlete he should be because he's he's mentally trying to, to battle through some hurdles. And that's to be expected based on his draft profile and who he was. I think the the surprise um, for me is Hardy Nickerson, who's a guy that made the team last year mostly because of injuries and because perfect being out again. Um, and maybe that's the reason why he makes it again this year. But he's like the second team inside linebacker right now. And that's great. He's out there with the starters and special teams too. And and if that's the case, um, he's on the roster and he's making it. And I don't know what that means for his future or for his upside. I don't know if he's just going to be a Vinny Ray forever and be a special teams guy that can back up a lot of positions. And that's fine too. But 
Uh, he's definitely the guy that I forget about a lot when I look at this 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 unit because there's there is a lot of talent, there is a lot of upside, and I do think a guy like Evans or Vigil could break out this year. And you say, yep, that, that's our guy. That's our that's our best linebacker on the team, or or, or most reliable linebacker on the team, uh, considering Burfick's off the field. But I feel good about it. But there's a lot of holes. There is a lot of inexperience and unknowns at that position. Uh, but preseason should be fun to watch them just to see which guy can can stand out or leapfrog the guy next to him because I think it is such a, a tight group in terms of talent separating the starters to, from the backups. Yeah, Joe, I, I was uh, I, I agree. I, I think it's a, a very interesting mix. And overall, this team, for the first time in a while, I think that there's just position battles everywhere are uncertainty. Let, let's go now to the secondary. And, and you're looking at a bunch of corners that are young, inexperienced, um, and they're battling to make the roster, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they perform. I do think it's it's funny how much Bengals Twitter and you kind of took this on the other day. Uh, how much Bengals Twitter hates Dre Kirkpatrick, but like it or not, he's part of the big three. They have Darquez Denard, William Jackson the third, Dre Kirkpatrick. Those are their three best corners. After that, it's a bunch of unknowns. Uh, what did you see when you were in camp? What are you expecting to see potentially tomorrow? And uh, how do you think C.J. Goodwin, I asked you a bunch of questions here, but how do you think C.J. Goodwin, the veteran they signed last week, how does he fit into the mix as well? Yeah, I'll start with the last one just because I'm not sure if Goodwin is like a guy they've had their eye on or someone they're interested in the upside with. Um, It it could be just because of injuries. And guys, McRae and uh, Shelton have gotten hurt as backups. You're probably going to want those guys. You, You want four, five, six, seven, eight corners to be able to play in this in these games because you don't want those big three out there for more than a drive probably. So um, you're right. I that backup spot is really interesting at corner because I think they have a lot of depth at safety. You could keep six safeties, but you don't do that. You normally keep ten DBs total, and you just drafted two corners in the second or in the fifth round in Darius Phillips and Devontae Harris. I thought Harris stood out a bunch, especially being physical and hitting. Um, there was one play in particular where they had two slants on the left side, and as Dalton turned to look at him, it was um, Phillips inside playing the slot and uh, in, in Harris on the boundary, and both of them jumped the routes. And, and Dalton had to pull it down and almost run to the right, and he ended up dumping it off to Tyler Boyd. Um, but it just showed that those guys have, have the flash plays in them. And in preseason, they're battling basically to who's going to be that fourth corner. Because, uh, it, you know, if someone like Drake Kirkpatrick goes out, let's say, I think Denard would probably kick out and play the the boundary, and then you would have maybe Josh Shaw come in and play the nickel spot. And then I look at it and I say, well, maybe Josh Shaw doesn't make the team because you you have three safeties in lock, that are locked with Iloka, Sean Williams, and Bates. And then I think Clayton Sedulum is a lock because of the special teams and because of what he showed last year. I thought he looked pretty good when he when he had the chance to play on defense. So you've got four safeties already. You'd like to keep five because Shaw can help at corner and help on special teams. But I think the guy that's competing with Shaw and could probably beat Shaw and probably who I'd keep over Shaw right now is Brandon Wilson, uh, last year's sixth-round pick. And he stood out a bunch. He had two interceptions when I was there. And he is on the special teams unit on both sides, on all four special teams units. Um, and, you know, he is a guy in college, did some kick returning, so I'd like to see him do, do that. He played some running back. I don't think he'll get a chance to do that here. Um, but he played some nickel corner and safety. And if that's the case, I want to see it in, in these games because 
maybe he's your backup nickel guy. Maybe he's the, the guy that, that would come in in that scenario I laid out if an injury happened. And if that's the case, looking at Shaw making like $2.5 million this year against the cap versus Wilson, you probably may keep Wilson for that. And he, you know, then you keep five guys there. It means you can only keep five at corner. And if the fourth and fifth guy are more than likely your two draft picks that you, that you made this, this, this past year, that's some lack of depth and experience and, and for what they've been accustomed to at the, at the corner position. Um, so for me, this preseason is very important for those guys. I think they can withstand an injury to these backups and really let it shake out because you're going to have injuries. I, I think if we look at the roster right now and we look and say, well, who's going to make it here? Who's going to make it there? There's going to be a hard cut here and there. There's going to be a handful of guys that get injured over the next four weeks, and that's really going to shake it up. And every time there's an injury, we're probably going to come back to that position and say, okay, who makes it now? Um, and it's going to be based on how these guys play in these preseason games and in camp and how the team feels about them. But I'll definitely be looking at Shaw versus Wilson at the safety spot, and maybe they can even play a little bit of nickel corner, and that would solidify uh, their standing on the team. But also Harris, Phillips, and maybe Kavari Russell. I think Russell's been beating the most out of that group. Um, but, again, he was a former third-round pick by the Chiefs, I believe. He's got some talent, and he can help the team. He's probably the guy that's been on, that has the most confidence in the coaches because he's been on the team for the longest. Uh, so you wonder if he makes a few plays in preseason. Um, to, to solidify a spot. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely one position where watch them not only on defense and in coverage, but in special teams because these back-end guys, that's how they make the rosters, through special teams. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, what do you got uh, on The Athletic that's up there now and coming soon? Still going with the top 50 Bengals. We're almost done. I'm in the top 15 players. Um People have asked me, well, where's Dalton going to show up? I think some people have thought he might be in the back half of the 15 to 20 range. He's going to be coming up soon. Uh, and that'll probably be one interesting one to read because I've broken him down before and wrote about 3,000 words on Dalton's game. And I think I was pretty fair with that. But um, two guys coming up that are interesting to me and exciting. And then after that, we have real football on Thursday, tomorrow. I get to break down some things that we see on tape, and I cannot wait for that. That's what I feel most confident in doing and and can't wait to break down and and review maybe offensive linemen, maybe the defensive tackle group, maybe the corners. Whoever stands out to me, I just – football is back. Yeah, football is back. That is right. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic, and uh, I'm sure I will be bugging you about uh, what happens Thursday night, and I will talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Sounds good. Good stuff there from Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Again, follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. As for me, we'll be back at it tomorrow and uh, do a, a preview, the things I'm going to be watching for on Thursday night. And then it's Bengals, it's Bears, it is happening Thursday at Paul Brown Stadium. Make sure you follow on Twitter at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. I will have a giveaway later today. Despite what Joe said about keeping the codes. Giveaway later today. Make sure you're following at Locked on Bengals and at James Rapine on Twitter. Until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thanks for listening today on the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.